think it's ridiculous. Look, when I see racism, I'm going to call it out because we're not going to get rid of racism if we continue to accept uh, these kinds of attitudes and this kind of behavior. And so I am uh, proudly going to stand by the Jane Finch neighborhood and all those people who have been besmirched by this minister. That was Andrea Horvath in the legislature earlier uh, today, or maybe it was yesterday. I've lost track, but still, it was about the... uh, New MPP, who's looking into uh, community safety and whatever, uh, he apparently went on a ride along with the police in uh, 55 Division, I think it was, up there at uh, Jane and Finch, and he was wearing a bulletproof vest, and she was outraged because she says this stigmatizes the community, and in effect, it shows a certain stripe of racism. Uh, Let me pick up on that as our first point of departure here with topics worthy of discussion and our panel having assembled in studio David Will, Senior Vice President of Media Profile, a leading Toronto public relations agency. Hello, David. Hello, John. Good to be here. Good to have you here. John Capobianco is with us, Senior VP and Senior Partner with Fleischman Hilliard's Toronto office, and uh, he's been dabbling in politics at all levels for the last 20-plus years. Johnny, how are you doing? I'm doing good, John. Good to be here. Good to have you here. And Peter Sherman joins us as well, broadcaster, businessman, former PC MPP, and a whole lot more. How's Peter? I'm great. Good to be with you, John. I appreciate you uh, all joining me here in this conversation. Now, Andrea Horvath making the complaint that this was uh, a form of bigotry or racism. David, I've got to defer to you first off. Does that make any sense to you? Well, it does if you set the context properly. The Where this came up was uh, a new MPP in the House, Kevin Yard from Brampton North. A uh, black man raised a question to that minister, told a story about how he had been uh, carded, asked the minister for his views on carding and whether he planned to bring carding back. And the minister made what I would call a very big communications error who decided to make it all about something else as opposed to answering that question directly because he didn't want to answer it directly and said, oh, you know, I went up to Jane and Finch. I had to put on a bulletproof vest and went to these bullet-riddled places, da-da-da-da-da. The next day is when he said, oh, I was in a police ride-around. I had to wear the bulletproof vest. The first time he chose to do that, he was painting a picture of that neighborhood as high crime, scared for your life, all of these things, which made you think of that neighborhood as only that and not everything else. That's the point that she was making. Today, they're trying to reframe it as, well, she's being silly because if you do a ride around, which is a good thing, and I agree that's a good thing, and he should be doing that, and he should be getting credit for it, but he fumbled the, fu- he fumbled the communications on it out of the gate. John Cabobianco, you know all about communications. Did he fumble them? And uh, does he have anything for which he ought to apologize? Well, first off, it's not racist. I don't think it, uh, this is a, this is a gentleman who's uh, from Italian descent and, and somebody who's come to this country and, uh, and is living um, the, the dream uh, that, that is Toronto and Canada. I think he, uh, I think he made a mistake with respect to, uh, to how he worded it. I think at the end of the day, um, listen, I've been born and raised in Toronto, lived all my life here in Toronto. And, and I know that people that live in Toronto know that Jane and Finch is a very challenging area. There's no question about that. And I think that the fact that he did a ride around, the fact that he actually wanted to go out there and actually visit the community and actually get a better sense of it, uh, speaks volumes and somebody who, who has that responsibility as a minister uh, to get to know the facts, get to know the people. I think the fact that he mentioned that he had a, a bulletproof vest whether or not the police instructed him, which I'm sure he probably did. I, I doubt that he would have gone out and said, I want a bulletproof vest because uh, I want to want to do a drive around. It appears um, to be standard issue. It, well, it, it is. And I, I uh, when I was running as a candidate back in the day in Etobicoke Lakeshore, I did a drive around with the 22 division 
uh, folks in my area, and, and I didn't have to drive, I didn't have to have a, a bulletproof vest. But then again, I went in the afternoon. He apparently went from 7 o'clock until 1 o'clock in the morning, which is obviously nighttime and, and probably a bit more of a challenging area. I think he's realized that he probably made a communications error and should have mentioned the, the, the bulletproof vest uh, first off. But the fact that he went there, the fact that he went to go investigate it, I think speaks volumes. So I wouldn't call him racist. I just say that he made a, probably a little little communication blunder. All right. Uh, so, Peter Sherman, I mean, in the context that David Wills established here, uh, does it make sense that he has to apologize or account for something apart from the obvious that he took a bulletproof vest because it was part of police regulation issue? No apology. And and I'm going to congratulate uh, David, who's a recent friend of mine, and John, who is a lengthy or term friend of mine, <laughs> for doing a great job of dancing. And I'm going to call it like it is. First of all, we need to bring carding back. And we'll talk about that another day. And that's got nothing to do with people of color. It's got to do with giving police the tools that they need. Secondly, people who suggest that there's any racism here are themselves flirting with with being racist, I would say, being labeled racist anyway. And I said this actually earlier in the day, and some people who've heard it will hear it again. Teddy Roosevelt, they say, once said to anger a conservative, uh, lie to him. Uh, And when I'm told this is racist, it's a lie. And to anger a liberal, tell them the truth. So here's the truth. Minister Tobolo wore a vest because that's fairly standard, as John has pointed out, when you participate in uh, a drive-along or or any other police action. And and yes, Jane and Finch is a problem area. And yes, there are guns and gangs and crack. And yes, it's a well-known neighborhood for black residents. So what? None of this is related to the minister or the premier. If I'm a resident of Jane Finch, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say, thank God these two important guys, after two weeks in office, have taken such an interest in my community that they're visiting it. Full stop. All right. Uh, Well, the question of neighborhoodism, though, uh, you kind of sparked my curiosity now, David Wills, because you're saying this neighborhood was, in fact, uh, the, the impression left is that it reinforces a stereotype. Do you subscribe to that notion of neighborhoodism? Are we talking about it in the context in, of this or in general? In the, in the general context. And I do think that there is a uh, validity to that. And I think if you talk to any councillor or representative from uh, the old city of Scarborough, they will say the same thing. They've for years have campaigned on this, of the negativity that the media, media elites like yourself, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That it, yes, it, yes. It, do you proudly wear that? Uh, that media elite? Or just elite? With the, <laughs> well, I, or I, I, or I just am. media. But yes. anyway, the, the, the Scarborough representatives have long felt that. And I think that that's a discussion worth having. I think to bring it back to this case, I'm going to go back that it was a communications blunder on the minister's part. And I agree with what Peter has said and what John has said is that they should get credit for going there, including the premier. I also noticed in the photo the premier didn't have a bulletproof vest on, but he may not have been doing the ride around. But sometimes uh, it's hard to tell. But I think that the minister <laughs> went a little too far and tried to describe the neighborhood in a frightening way when that was really unnecessary. All right, uh, John, do you believe there's such a thing as neighborhoodism that stigmatizes certain neighborhoods to the detriment of uh, how people are treated and so on and so forth? I think I think that I think there's a reality to that. I, I live in Etobicoke, uh, always have in the south part of Etobicoke, and I know that uh, when, you, when you look at just crime statistics, when you just look at the local papers and they report all the crimes and. and gun shootings and the violences, there are certain areas within the city, within various pockets of the city, where the crime rate is higher than other places. Uh, and uh, and I think at the end of the day, um, you know, the mayor and, and certainly uh, the, the 
province and Doug Ford, Premier Ford now, are, are going to try to er- eradicate some of that and get rid of some of that. But there's no question there's parts of the city where where there's there's much more of a challenging and, and higher crime rates than others. You know, it's interesting. I was reading a column in the Star, uh, and this kind of uh, speaks to what I guess is an early meme, or at least where the left want to uh, paint this picture of the the conservatives under Doug Ford as being uh, a bunch of bigots, and they're listening to dog whistles and so on and so forth. Uh, in fact, the piece speaks about the speech from the throne, uh, whereas Kathleen Wynne started her tenure by uh, saying in her throne speech, I begin by acknowledging that we are gathered on the traditional territory of many indigenous peoples whose history on this land dates back millennia, so on and so forth. And... Uh, the author of the piece, uh, Bob Hepburn, is saying, you know, there was not even an acknowledgement of Indigenous people in his throne speech, nor uh, any French, including even just saying merci at the end of the throne speech. And so uh, he goes on to say, despite all the talk in the speech about being, quote, a government for the people, and his passing mention about moving past the politics of division, Ford's continuing his thinly disguised political appeals to bigots and the most extreme elements within his Ford nation base. Sherman, what do you make of that? I make of that, divide and conquer, I make of that the crap that the Toronto Star is known for and that gets it its reputation as the Red Star. Maybe Doug Ford's people are just brand new and nobody remembered. Or maybe they just decided to leave it out because they decided that when you do that, you're hiving off Indigenous people and you're hiving off Francophone people and you're making them special. But but really what you intend to do is divide. And, and what I've heard as a constant message from Doug Ford and uh, Ford's people is we are for all of the people all of the people. And, and I think it's clear when you use a, an expression like for the people, and people doesn't mean white Anglophones. It's just people of any race, of any background, of any language or, or uh, origin. So divide and conquer. And that's the intent of this piece in the star. And you know what? I'm sick of it. All right. And John, do you think, I mean, uh, he's basically Ford is saying, or at least to Sherman's uh, way of reading it, that uh, identity politics aren't going to play a role in any of this. He's sort of uh, risen above all that. Well, I think Ford, just by virtue of his past, and if you've if you've been a, a student or if you studied politics and if you studied the Fords, uh, you'd know that they're not uh, about this at all. In fact, that they are for the people and there's no discrimination and they've never shown discrimination in the past. So I can't see and I can't imagine uh, that they would even consider that. And I think the fact that it was the Toronto Star is telling it in of itself. I think Peter said it right. Um, but look, at I always believe that just because the Liberals say it doesn't make it right, it doesn't make it true, it doesn't make it that, that they were going to work on it. Because, you know, quite frankly, where's the proof over the 15 years that they've done anything, quite frankly, with respect to those respective areas? And and for me, it's about it's not about lip service or paying lip service. It's about action. And whether or not you say that you're going to, you know, that you you know you respect the lands, and that's, that's up, up to the politician or the person to decide if they want to say that. But just look at the action that Doug Ford has done. He has put uh, Indigenous uh, uh, portfolio on one of the strongest ministers who has one of the strongest records of helping Indigenous peoples uh, at the federal level, Greg Rickford. Right. And that speaks volume. So he's not he's not putting some junior minister... Right. So it discounts the uh, slagging here within the Stars piece. Let me ask David finally if you think this was a communication faux pas on the part of Ford at the throne speech or is something more sinister in play? Well, I didn't pick up on it when I watched it, so I'm going to admit that off the the top. So uh-huh. I read that. I read that. No, I didn't Very pick telling, up on it because you've got that progressive filter going all the time. <laughs> you know, sometimes it comes down. I guess the, you're having a good. You're rubbing off on me, John. I'm an the, elite. But you know, I read an interesting article about the the whole starting every speech. Uh, I want to acknowledge this. It was it was written by an indigenous person who said that it's been it's become lip service. Uh, what, what John was talking about because it became they they were looking for a boilerplate statement is actually 
doing the research to find out what indigenous land they're actually on to pay the credit to that. I do think that that's a worthwhile thing. I think it's a step forward in the relationship with with the in, uh, indigenous people in our province. I think the francophone thing. I'm there's parts of me that are a traditionalist. I think it's always been a tip of the cap to say part of the throne speech in French, and I think that was a, a bit of a uh, a missed opportunity. I don't know why you'd take it out, and I can't believe that it, you can blame a staffer for not knowing. I think the legislature would have said it's tradition to do this, so I think it was. Uh, you know, a conscious effort. And I think it's, their traditions matter. And I think that that's one because we have two official languages. All right. Well, when they see the books, I guess, Sherman, uh, there will be a lot of taberwits flying around out there in the legislature. So that'll be... Oh, geez, I unleashed uh, a monster here. There you go. We'll come back. Uh, more topics worthy of discussion and uh, more Shermanisms, too, here on our panel. David Wills, Peter Sherman, John Capobianco on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.